you can always reconcile numbers if we're comparing to accounting. Uh, you can't always reconcile people. Don't conduct your analysis in isolation because data is so incredibly powerful. Not defending just the tribe, but defending the organization. Those creative people that you really want to keep empowered, keep excited, keep motivated, keep thinking. A good experience pays dividends down the line. Stereotypes tend to break down in proximity. Welcome to We're Only Human, a podcast about human resources, business, technology, and the workplace. My name is Ben Eubanks, your host, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey everyone, Ben Eubanks here, host of We're Only Human, and I'm so glad to have you in the conversation. So I actually had a talk with someone recently. We're, we're digging into the remote work conversations and things like that. And one of the things that came up was there are still a ton of people that don't have that option. People are having to, to go to the same workplace they always had to, or they're having to do the same type of work they've always had to. And so we, we dug into that a little bit because we sometimes lose sight of that part of the conversation. Today, I wanted to talk to someone that has a workforce that has likely seen disruptions, right? We all have, but that is still doing the same kind of work they always have. So we're going to talk about the engagement, how to connect with those people, how to support them on that front, because guess what? Everybody isn't virtual these days. And so you can take some ideas if you're in the same industry, the same space, take some ideas from the conversation today. If you're in a different industry, guess what? Some of these things will still filter across. You could pull some ideas and nuggets from this discussion and think about how they apply for your own company. So today I'm so excited to be joined by Jeremy Stickling. He's the Chief Administrative Officer at Nussbaum. And we're going to dive into some of these things. Jeremy, welcome. Yes, thanks for having me, Ben. I appreciate the opportunity. Yes, sir. So, before we dive into the conversation, why don't you take a minute, tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah, I work at, as you mentioned, Nussbaum Transportation. We're a trucking company in the industry. We call it asset-based. That means it's our own trucks, our own drivers. We aren't just organizing freight and hiring other trucking companies. It's our people, our equipment. I've been at Nussbaum <clears throat> since, I got to think a little bit, 2007 which that's the extent of my professional working career. Nussbaum is the best place and worst place I've worked all together. It's <laughs> my experience. And had a fun, fun journey, started in accounting, actually. Switched to HR in 2011. We had a Nussbaum legend retire in 2013, who was our uh, VP of HR, and took that role. And here we are, um, nine years into an HR profession and uh, and loving it uh, most days so what was the from a career perspective what was the biggest thing that surprised you moving over from accounting into the hr kind of world <laughs> the line i like to use you can always reconcile numbers <laughs> if we're comparing to accounting uh, you can't always reconcile people and that's not always a negative thing so moving from finite people they're dynamic and just stretches my comfort zone and my skills every day um, in a good way for the most part. I love that. I love that. Think about my older brother is an accountant, actually like a forensic accountant. And so like, I can't imagine him making that transition because he just, he loves the numbers and things so much, but he, I would imagine he'd say some of the same kinds of things there. It's, it's, it takes a different kind of tone when things aren't where you put them when you come back to find them. They're, they're like when your kids get old enough to start moving around on you, you're like, gosh, they're, I put them right here and they're not here anymore. 
yeah, probably the same thing. We could we could make some uh, good metaphors there with the move to the HR space. So let's talk about Newsmont for a little bit. I can't remember if you and I had a conversation or if I just talked to someone on the team a couple of years ago, but I was really just uh, fascinated with this opportunity to understand more about how the company works, some of your results, some of the engagement scores, things like that. In general, you and I both know that the space is not phenomenal in terms of uh, there's a high turnover rate. There's not a lot of engagement there and Newsbomb's different. So talk about the company a little bit and that piece of it. And then we'll, I would love to dive into some specifics on culture and values and stuff like that, but talk a little about Newsbomb and how it's different. Yeah. So uh, maybe I'll start just by sharing some results. We, you're always biased where you're at and, and we think we're pretty good, but it's not enough to take your own word for it. So some things we do, we contract with a third-party survey service, and uh, they do it phone-based. We get 90-plus participation. That includes our driver population. And, and just for a little more context, our drivers are over the road, and so they're gone all week. They're domiciled out of 25 states. It's a pretty remote work base in that sense. And so we get these surveys back, and the company that did it for us has has been in this survey and engagement score industry for a long time. They told us it's the best results that they've seen in in their history, which was very. That's not a we've arrived. We're at the pinnacle. It's okay. We're on the right track. Here's what we want to stay on, or we do. Let me back up. So approval ratings, 85% net promoter score equivalent over four out of five in the trucking industry. You mentioned the high turnover in the space. We're running about 29% turnover with our drivers this year. It's about a 90% turnover for larger over the road trucking companies. And so we're besting that by about three times and, and have been consistently. We participate in a contest called Best Fleets to Drive For. It's another barometer we use every year. The reason we like it is it's incredibly intensive. You go through questionnaires, you go through interviews, there's another survey process. And the last two years we were named best overall. So they'll name the top 20 fleets. There's usually about 80 that get nominated. And then we were named best overall the last couple of years. So that's where the culture is right now. That's where we've seen some of the results come in. And again, I share those things and it sounds like uh, being pretty braggadocious and, and uh, boy, I think we're there. We've arrived that that's not the spirit we take it in at all. It's okay. This is the track we're on and we want to stay on that track. We've got to double down. So that's, that's where we're at today. So I've never worked in your space. So I'm going to ask a question that might seem silly um, or basic, but, roll with me here. How does a driver that may never actually spend time with you or the leadership team, how do they actually interact with the company? A lot of phone conversations. And then we have each driver has a tablet and we, we have our own designed mobile app on that tablet. And there's a lot of messaging that goes back and forth there as well. So a lot of phone, a lot of messaging, we use that tablet a lot to try to get audio messages and video messages out to the drivers as well. So it's not just all reading memos and such. And then they're usually through the terminal. It varies a lot driver to driver, depending on where they're based out of. Some we'll see every couple of weeks. Some we might only see 
a couple times a year. So it, it adds it adds a challenge to make things personal or make the driver feel apart for sure. Okay. I was curious about that piece of it because it seems that's what I was guessing is some of them may only have a touch point physically a couple of times a year. And for a, a job that requires them to be moving at all times, that just makes it hard to connect with them on any sort of personal level. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. You talked about some of the results and I love that you pointed out that it's it's part of this journey. It's not a destination. Not only is it keeping with the theme, right, of transportation, but it also, I love the just the perspective that, that gives because it's easy to think if I just hit this goal, then we're good. We're done. We've made it. But that the moment you stop striving feels like the moment you start going backwards. I don't know if that's that's true or not, but that's just the sense that I get, especially yeah. from an HR perspective. Yeah, you, you don't you don't drift the right direction in the river. You you drift downstream. So talk about talk about the results a little bit. Talk about some of the things that that Newsman does differently in terms of culture. You've given us some of the results there, the impacts we can see. Talk yeah. about what leads up to that. So some of the how. It sounds like you're asking for program ideas a little bit if you're okay if I go down that route please do okay every HR person loves a good program loves a good initiative right any ideas that they can collect I'm like we're gonna we're gonna collect those right here yeah yeah if you're an HR and have been in it for a while you've had somebody roll their eyes at you for a new program idea guarantee it and we have our share and laughing about that but the trick is how do you make them effective and not just something that's cute how do you really get to the meat and potatoes of a program. So some of the ones we do that I think are unique, we're very bought into development here. If you're going to work at NewsBomb, we want you to be interested in professional development, personal development. Development doesn't mean a new job title or a new role necessarily. And so there's a few things we do. I'll start with the the non-driver side. So we have two programs, one we call Grow Red. Red is the company color. So you'll hear red with some of these programs. It's just company brand, company color. You'll see if you see new spam truck, the cab's going to be a shiny red. So grow red is, let me back up too. As I talk about these programs, they're all voluntary. We, we don't force anything. We believe in the, the power of choice, especially when it comes to development. And you ask, how do you get effective learning, effective training? How do you get buy-in? How do you get engaged? shoving it down their throats, obviously. (laughs) And this is awesome and you have to do it. Um, No, it's by choice. Choice is such a powerful thing. And so as I lay these out, they're all done by employee choice. So Grow Red is a mix of in-person learning sessions that we host. We might, there's a couple of us that are certified trainers with, you've maybe heard of Vital Smarts, Crucial Conversations is a common one, but we might hold an offsite class over a couple days that folks can enroll in voluntarily, or they can do online training. There, there are other things going to be mixing in. If you're the type who reads books, pick a good business book, get it approved by your manager, read it, and then not to make it sound like a book report, but have a debriefing after the fact. And you can do these personal development things voluntarily. Anybody can do them. And you get points that can be redeemed in the company store. You get some company swag or, and there's fun stuff too, like gift cards to different places. So there's the Grow Red piece. There's something we have called Lead Red that uh, is just the elevator version. It's more in depth and it's for those who sometimes are formally in leadership roles here and and sometimes are maybe scoping that way, even if they don't have direct reports yet. 
it's an invite one, but you have to agree. We don't force you to do it, but those who are going to be managers have been going through it. And it's just not leaving. How do I work with people? How do I think it's not leaving that to chance? It's making sure we get them the resources. And then the last one I'll hit on is cert red, certified red. I used to say in shorthand cert red, but that's for the drivers. And again, voluntary by choice, they enroll in online learning, phone counseling, learning, video. There's hands-on sessions where we do get them here in person. You ask how we get that personal touch. There's peer-to-peer mentoring that's part of that program. And so just those three, Cert Red, Grow Red, Lead Red, that's been a big part of, of our success, I think, the last three years, really has helped the engagement side. Ramming a little bit, I'll maybe pause there, Ben, and see if you have any takes or questions before I <laughs> rumble on to the next program. The thing that I thought first, the first thing that popped in my head when you said that is when you think of development, you don't think, I don't think personally, of drivers as a, as a suitable audience for that because they're again they're on the road or they're doing they're doing a job that doesn't lend itself to that that to, to learning but there are still times there are down times there are opportunities to plug in like they have those moments where they can do that and if yeah. not that it's netflix or whatever else and it's a chance to yeah. make them more valuable to show them you're investing in them it's a time to show them that that you care about what they're not just who they are but what they can be and i think that's really a powerful statement to make yeah, absolutely. And and when somebody graduates, and, and we frame it that way, what started the, the driver-facing certified red piece was if you're a driver, your career ladder ends at the steering wheel. And that's the perception in the industry. There's no more growth once you get your CDL. And if you think of all the other hands-on, if you think of a plumber, electrician, or a welder, they often go to a technical college and get certifications. And that doesn't exist for the trucking industry, and it's not fair because it's a very skilled labor job, in our opinion. And how do we capture that? If you're an elite professional and going through the extra reps, how do we celebrate that in a formal way? We have a ceremony when they reach a graduation level that's presented by our CEO. And those types of touches really help us make a splash with it. Well, that is really neat. An incredible idea. And I'm thinking of, again, this whole started, this the conversation that led me to think about Newsball after a couple of years and not even having a conversation with you and the team was, I knew at the time you were already doing great things. And I hope is that people are listening to this thinking, even if we don't have people that we can see every day, whether it's we've chosen to go remote or we can't meet together or whatever else, there's still options to really connect with them on the levers that, that matter to them, that really drive their engagement and that drive their hopefully their performance or productivity, those other kind of metrics that we do care about. I'm loving these stories and these examples you're sharing. Yeah, absolutely. So talk about, we talked about some programs, some examples, things like that. What are the values that kind of underlie the culture at Newspawn? What are the things that drive this? Because I keep saying drive. I don't know if it's like subconscious <laughs> or not. It's plugged in there. What are the things that, yeah. that push this though at Newspawn? Because there are lots of companies out there that are doing similar types of work in very different kinds of ways, treating their driver workforce differently. They're treating their non-driver workforce differently. And it seems like there are some specific values and things in your culture that 
from the very beginning, the lens that you're looking through and the lens that you're perceiving them through is just a, a different kind of perspective. Yeah, I've scarcely been on a website of uh, another company that doesn't say we do the right thing and we put people first. And some of what I'm going to say to this question may or may not be new. (laughs) And words only get you so far. But the value system that drives us, it's, I would call it a Christian-based company. And we aren't shy. There's some things that doesn't mean. I'll maybe run that through that list first. It it doesn't mean somebody has to have a certain worldview to work here at all. It, uh, it doesn't mean that we're perfect. Christian-based doesn't mean that we don't disappoint people. It doesn't mean that that we don't drop the ball. And sometimes when you say that, that's what comes to mind. And so when I say Christian-based, it's really the underlying framework for company values. It, it gives it gives you a framework, a starting point. And so when you go through our core values, things like benevolence, character, honesty, integrity, excellence, it's all tying back to, to that framework. And the, the two things that, the three things that, that jump out and grab me the most with this is it, it, it's a value base that the human has intrinsic value. There's every person is as valuable as the next person. And, and that drives how you think, how you work through situations. We, I think of a little bit more of a raw example. Things don't always go well for everybody here. And sitting in with another manager, it was a termination meeting. And this other manager said, I had a hard time last night thinking about this guy he's got a life and and this is blowing it up and that's the thinking we want but still a human there's still value there and it's not everybody says we're not about um, money we're about people but we have fun making money but profits enable Uh, they enable your platform and what is the intrinsic value of a human and that drives a lot of what we do another thing i'll add too this concept of stewardship, we really feel that Nussbaum, it's a family name, but nobody feels like they own the business. We're stewards of it. If you look at it, it's God's business and we want to, we want to, that's the banner we're carrying and there's an extra level of responsibility that goes with that. So the, the stewardship concept, and then the, the last piece, and this is what gets me out of bed in the morning. <laughs> this is what makes me come to work. And quite frankly, this is what enables me to do HR work sometimes when it comes to, you know, working with an employee situation or an employee struggle is we believe we're in business because it lets us rub shoulders and have interactions with people. And when that interaction is done, are they in a better place? Did we not, did it go their way, but was it a positive interaction? Can we, can we have the person or the vendor or the customer or whoever we interact with? I think in terms of employee a lot, just because of the HR world, but it's broader than that. Are they in a better place? Did they, was it a building block in their life? And 
do we get that right every time? Every life, every situation? Probably not. Is that what we aim for? Absolutely. And that's a broader purpose than profits. I wanted to point out there that you, one of the things you were very transparent about is these are values, these are ideals in a perfect world. Every one of those is going to come out in every situation. And yet we are <laughs> imperfect people in an imperfect world. And so sometimes things don't work out like we want them to. Sometimes things mm-hmm. break. Sometimes relationships get hurt. But I love yeah. the the piece. I can't pick just one of them. Goodness, everyone is, we're here to, to love people, take care of them, support them. And one way we're doing that is, you know, through work or through our relationship with them as a vendor, we're supporting them and, and being kind to them because guess what? That's strangely enough in some workplaces, that is an, that is an uncommon thing to just say, I'm going to be kind to someone else because I can and because I need to. So I love the, how the values pull through in that. And one of the things that I wanted to point out, you said this, you said one of the first things you said there, I wrote it down. You said words can only get you so far. Everybody wants to talk about values or culture in terms of these, these fluffy kind of concepts and, oh, we believe in integrity or we believe in this. And yeah, Enron believed in integrity too. Okay. So that was one of, the, one of their core values. It's, yep. it's about yep. living it out. And that's what it gets down to is, are we living this out? Are, do our people yeah. see this in our leadership team? Are we making this a part of how we act and react and behave on a common, on a daily basis? And if so, then you're really putting those into practice. Otherwise might as well just tack on a couple more words and leave it up in the lobby mm-hmm. somewhere because it doesn't matter to anyone. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And ultimately when my head hits the pillow at night, do I feel we did our best to treat somebody the right way? And again, my mind goes back to the harder situations. That's part of being an HR professional. When our head hits the pillow and we look back on it, mm-hmm. I leave my hand extended. Did we do what we could? Were we fair? Were we transparent? And if we can check those boxes. Not everything's going to go the right way. And sometimes you might miss and have to circle back. But you know what? I missed that point. I dropped the ball here. And that impacted your life and being willing to grapple with that. If you can, again, check those boxes and I, my head can hit the pillow and, and I sleep pretty good at night. Goodness. So I've got a ton of notes. I'm, I'm making, I'm, I'm listing all these things out because there's so many good ideas and everything from you, Jeremy, today so far. Someone listening in has got some good ideas from you, has enjoyed this conversation. I, I know it, but any closing advice to reiterate a key point, something you haven't shared yet, any, it doesn't matter what it is, I'm casting a wide net, but any advice you might offer someone that says, hey, I'd love to be at one third of our industry's turnover rate, or I'd love to have our employees actually responding to these things and wanting to share because they know that someone's listening and caring for me and believes that they can make, make this work environment better for me. Any advice you might share with someone listening to this that wants to have similar impact, similar results in their own organization? Yeah, and maybe talking from uh, organizational decision level here first, and then I'll, I'll get to personal level. But organizationally, executive level, work isn't first in life, and that's okay. And embrace that. And and that can be that's such a counterintuitive thing. Uh, executives are, are largely about numbers. They're looking at reports and that's the world they think in. Work doesn't have to be the most important thing in somebody's life. And the better you are at embracing it, it's about the whole person. And if the whole person's in place, work follows in step and, and gives you leniency and flexibility where you need to have it. 
on the personal level, how to get those results. I'm trying to think of something unique that we didn't cover earlier. Yeah, that, it, it doesn't um, have to be unique. It can be like, this is our, this is my thing. If I was going to preach to someone and I had one chance to tell them one thing, you, you gave so many good pieces today that I could pull any of those and say, this is the thing. But I just wanted to hear from you yeah. if there's one like, this is the one that I believe strongly in. There's yep. no, no issue with reiterating that. Yep. Yep. Individually, if you want to be effective, love the person that you're working with. If we're in the, if we're in the employee context or, and that says really easy, but apply that to a frustrating situation or maybe to an employee who isn't responding or has the wrong attitude or doesn't respect you. That's when it's more important yet <laughs> to validate that person. Let them keep their, we have uh, trainers who truck drivers who are trainers who teach students and we'll always tell them if you want to be an effective trainer, you let that student keep their dignity. They're brand new, but that doesn't mean they don't have their ego. You're the experienced one. They should be asking you how everything goes. They're not going to do all that, that all the time. Let them keep their dignity. And, uh, and you'll be more effective with, with what you want to get across. I feel like at some point this conversation went from like work lessons to life lessons. And I'm thankful <laughs> for that. I'm thankful for that. I don't know. I don't know if I am. I'm not qualified to pontificate on that kind of stuff. <laughs> what well, you had said it earlier on that that this isn't just this is about thinking about the person though, not just as a as a, you're a driver, so you're going to be behind that wheel. You're going to be sitting in that seat for the rest of your life. You're thinking about yeah. this vision for them. They have a vision for themselves that might not in, involve doing that for the rest of their life, and you're opening up that door for them to think to see that and per, perhaps understand what those other opportunities might be, or uh, a way for them to advance and level up. So there's so many good ideas and insights in this conversation. Wow, goodness, Jeremy, thank you so much for saying yes when I randomly pinged you and asked you if you're willing to have a conversation. I have enjoyed this thoroughly. I know the audience has as well. I really appreciate it. I just want to say thank you. Yeah. Thanks again for the opportunity. It's always enjoyable. Wonderful. To everybody else out there listening in, we'll catch you next time. We're only human. Stay tuned. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I'm honored to have you as a listener. If you enjoyed this episode, please take 10 seconds to rate it at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, if you know a friend that could benefit from today's conversation, please pass it their way. After all, a rising tide lifts all ships. To see show notes, sponsor information, and our full show archives, visit OnlyHumanShow.com. 